Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Here we go, Raider Nation. Back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio on this Tuesday. My man, DeMond Cotton, he's behind the wheels of steel. I'm on here on the other side, checking out the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Get to do that a couple times a week. Feel like I'm out of the studio more times than not, but always good to be back in the home studio, hanging out for the next three hours on a chilly day today here in the Las Vegas area. Pulled out the long sleeve shirts, pulled out the jackets, pulled out the sweatshirts. Yeah. There was no in-between, I feel like, <laughs> right? There was no, okay, let's gradually cool off a little bit. Nah, let's just go full throttle. So um, it's not hot anymore. Now it's cold, but it's all right. We're uh, we're warming here. We're going to warm it up here on the radio for the next three hours on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. And when I mean we're going to warm it up, Radio Nation, oh, we're going to warm it up. Plenty to get to on today. Sometimes things just happen to fall into place for you. Sometimes you plan on one thing, you plan on another thing, and then boom, a couple other things fall into your lap. And so it's just one of those uh, fortunate situations. We're blessed to do what we do each and every day here and be able to talk with Raider Nation and just talk some football, talk some Raider football, and especially coming off a win, right? And the Raiders getting ready to prepare for the New Orleans Saints. Tomorrow's show will start to turn the corner and look towards the New Orleans Saints. We'll do that the rest of the week. But uh, today's still some time to kind of reflect, look back, and talk about the team as it sits right now at 2-4. and four. Of course, earlier today we found out that Jonathan Hankins, Big Bank Hank, he's on his way to Dallas. And it's so funny, even when I was in Texas, I used to tell all the people that would listen to us on ESPN Central Texas, the Raiders and the Cowboys are always in business with each other. They're always making some kind of trade or a player is is once a, a Raider, then they go to the Cowboys or vice versa. It just seems like there's so many interchangeable parts that go from Raiders, Cowboys, Cowboys, Raiders. They always seem to work hand in hand together with each other. And Jonathan Hankins on his way to the Cowboys for a 2023 six round draft pick and of course the the Raiders also have to throw in a, a extra pick 2020 2024 seventh round pick so um, not a whole lot that the Raiders have given up Jonathan Hankins didn't do much didn't even play in the game against the Chiefs on Monday Night Football he was the healthy scratch and only played 12 snaps on Sunday against the Texans so you kind of know that his time was um, was running out got we're able to get something for him the Dave Ziegler and company were able to pick up a six round pick so that's cool not a big deal. Uh, I would love to see a big monster D-tackle. I think that that's something that the Raiders have been missing for a long time. Not only a guy that could be a space eater, like Lincoln Kennedy always likes to call him, but just a guy who could be a monster and get to the quarterback. Right, and I always go back to the days of Daryl Russell and Chester uh, McLaughlin. Uh, those guys, those guys were dudes that you, you feared from the middle of the the defensive line. You realized that those guys were going to get after it. I feel like the Raiders. It's been a very long time, and I'm sure I'm missing somebody, and that's not on purpose. I'm just missing a name or two that have been there and have been difference makers from the interior part of the defensive line. But man, uh, if the Raiders could find that monster, because they have that monster on the outside in Max Crosby, but if they can get a guy in the middle of that defensive line that could just be that difference maker, like what Quentin Williams is doing in New York with the Jets right now. There was a reason why I was hoping that the Raiders were going to be able to get him uh, back when they had three first-round picks in, uh, what was it, 2019, I believe? And uh, they ended up getting Clee Farrell, and that's no disrespect to Clee, but Quentin Williams went one pick before they had an opportunity to pick. Though so He went to the Jets. I remember sitting there in Nashville, and I, I was telling my buddy Craig that I work with, I was like, man, Quentin Williams is going to be a Raider. Quentin Williams is going to be a Raider. Then all of a sudden the Jets picked Quentin Williams, and he looked at me, and I was like, I know. I know. 
And so, well, Clee Farrell ended up being the next guy. And, you know, again, no disrespect to Clee, but uh, Quinnen was a guy that I thought could end up being a dude like I'm talking about. You see what, it, you know, he's doing right now. And look, it's taking a while for him. It's not like he just burst on the scene and was also a monster, but he's playing really well this year, right? And he's getting it done for the defensive tackle position. Another guy, Deron Payne. I know his name has been floated around in, uh, you know, in trade talks. You know, is that a possibility? Is that something that the Raiders would do? Is even think about going out and get a guy like Deron Payne who's going to carry a hefty, uh, you know, a, a hefty payment as well. I mean, they're going to have to pay him uh, a big time amount of money no matter who ends up picking him up unless he ends up staying in Washington. Then they can end up flipping the bill for Deron Payne, but he's a difference maker on the interior. You know, there's certain guys that are out there that are big time difference makers. Of course, Aaron Donald is the is the one that everyone wants, but Aaron Donalds don't just grow on trees, right? I mean, you just don't find an Aaron Donald. You can't go to the store and be like, I'll take one of those because if, if you could, everyone would have one. The Raiders haven't had one in a long time, so I'd like to see that. But uh, Big Bank Hank, he's on his way to Dallas. A sixth-round pick in 2023 is returning. So that was some of the news that we uh, heard earlier today. It's funny. I was at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center this morning. Uh, myself and JT the Brick and Lincoln Kennedy, we record the Raider Roundtable every Tuesday morning at 9.30. And this is how things happen. And as a guy who's been doing podcasts for a very long time, I'll tell you right now, this is how it always happens. As soon as we were done, I get down the road and hop on the, the road on the highway to head to the radio station. All of a sudden, boop, Jonathan Hankins on his way to Dallas. I was like, of course. We just recorded a podcast, and now we, don't even, we didn't get a chance to talk about it because it wasn't news then. So that's what always happens, man. It's, I mean, you're almost guaranteed that as soon as you're done and you, you, know, you, you basically are uh, you know, done recording and you're, you're about to post it or whatever the case may be, something pops up. So many times, I can't tell you, DeMond, how many times I've had to go back and be like, well, I got to go at least insert this or, you know, I mean, just go and record three or four minutes on this and at least put it in there. So at least I mentioned it. So it's like, well, hold on. How come you didn't say that? And it's going to be at least that one YouTube comment of, why didn't they talk about the Hankins trade? Yeah, yeah, exactly. How come you guys aren't talking about Jonathan Hankins? Because we were already done. (laughs) So, I mean, just kind of peeling the curtain back just a little bit. Uh, That will drop on YouTube around 2 o'clock. So if you're looking for that, the Raiders Roundtable, we do it each and every week. It's a lot of fun. Lincoln Kennedy, JT the Brick, and myself. Of course, that's on the Raiders YouTube. So check that out. Matter of fact, it's out right now, I guess. But uh, don't don't check it out till (laughs) 5. Don't check it out till 5. I saw the, the, the email earlier saying, hey, the YouTube will be out at two and I was like oh that's cool oh wait hey that's when the show starts so uh, yeah let's go ahead you can check it out at five o'clock matter of fact you can hear the audio version of it coming up right after unnecessary roughness at 501 so uh, there's that if you don't care to uh, check us out on the YouTube you could just listen to what we had to say coming up at five o'clock it's fun being able to go ahead and do that show each and every week the Raiders Roundtable so got a lot of guests to come up to, uh, coming up on the show today excited about uh, Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders he's going to join the show first at 2.30 and he's going to talk about the Raiders offensive line and it's funny because that's been a conversation that we've been having for a very long time, right? The Raiders offensive line, what's going on with them? It's something we were talking about even in the uh, in training camp in the preseason. How is this thing going to come together? There's been so many different versions of the offensive line. Feels like they're at a good place right now. Well, Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders put out this tweet earlier, and I saw it, and I actually sent it to Vinny while he was on with the morning tailgate with uh, Heidi and Clay this morning. The offensive line nobody's talking about. Right now, the Raiders lead the NFL with 5.70 adjusted line yards per carry. No other offense is above 5.1. Raiders running backs have only been stuffed for a loss or no gain 11% of the time. That's second behind Green Bay. Damon, you know as God is my witness, not a big analytical guy. But it sounds like the Raiders' offensive line is improving, and they're in a really good position. And look, I don't have to be an analytical guy to be able to look at the play on the field and see what Josh Jacobs has been able to do and say, yeah, he's doing great. But that offensive line is getting some good push. 
And that's why the analytics are, I'll say, so cool because it can back up what you see with your eyes. Right. You have the eye test and you can say, hey, I see with my eyes. I, that just, need all- a, I just need a friend that knows math. <laughs> exactly. So when we bring on a guy, Aaron, from Football Outsiders, yeah. and he'll be able to break it down better than we ever could right. about this is what the data is saying right. about how improved that offensive line is. And that's where I have no problem with with analytics. You know, I mean, hey, look, this is what I'm seeing. Does this back it up? Oh, it doesn't? Okay, well, then I'm wrong or, you know, whatever. But maybe it does back up what I'm seeing, and then, okay, it makes sense. So now we're all on the same page. That's where I think the analytics really comes in handy is when you can see something, you can see how it plays out on the field and then say, okay, well, let me check the numbers as well. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And it makes sense. And also for you at home, when you want to have that argument, it's fourth and one. We don't get stopped from the from the fan perspective. Yeah. The Raiders don't get stopped behind the line. We're right. the second least tackled behind the line team in the league. That Why aren't we going for it on fourth and one? Argument. Then they go. can back up the analytics of fourth and one. Right. Why aren't we going for it? We're the Raiders. We don't get stopped behind the line of scrimmage when we run the ball. There you go. No, that's and that you know what? That's a good argument, right? And and it's always fun. It's it's so funny, man. Sometimes we get into uh, arguments like at a sports bar. We'll be sitting around talking about something, and somebody will, there's always that one guy that'll throw out something that is completely way off base. And you're like, that's definitely wrong. Well, how do you know that? Well, I just, I just know. Like that's, <laughs> that's not even close to what you're talking about. No, that's what I'm seeing. Well, whatever you're seeing is wrong. It's there's always one dude, right? There's a lot of folks that always kind of have a good idea what they're talking about, but then there's always one guy that just is clueless. That's the guy that you're like, okay, look, doc. Let me tell you, the Raiders are actually second in the league because of this, that, and the other. And it's like, boom, got him, got him. But Q, I thought you got him. <laughs> you know what? No, that is my biggest pet peeve because I'm the person I just keep it to myself. Yeah. Where people are just like, that is wrong. That no, you know what? It's 15 of us in here. Right. I don't care to be that right. That's I'm going to let you funny. have it. That's funny. So uh, Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders, he'll join us at 2.30 to break down the Raiders offensive line and the success that they're having right now. 3 o'clock every single Tuesday, we have John McClain from GalleriesSports.com, Sports Radio 610 in Houston. We'll talk about the Texans game. What did he see from the Texans? Davis Mills got really comfortable, man. Davis Mills did not look so bad. I mean, he really didn't. And so I want to know, because John has told us, and we had Landry Locker on, he told us that Davis Mills wasn't very good. Is that the best he looked this week or this year? If so, that's a problem. I mean, let's just be real about it. They looked very comfortable out there executing their offense. Is he Tom Brady? No, not at all. Is he Aaron Rodgers? No. But he looked pretty stinking comfortable, and they were pretty much doing what they wanted to do for the most part until late in the game when the Raiders' defense were able to make a couple key stops. And obviously, Josh Jacobs and the offense were really rolling. I said this uh, when I got a tweet on Sunday, and you know, I know a couple people got mad when I responded and said I agree 100%, but you know, I got a tweet saying, Q, it looks like in this game, the best defense is a better offense. And sometimes, sometimes, regardless who you are in the NFL, that's what it is. Sometimes it's just like, hey, whoever gets the ball last is going to win this one. That's what it felt like until the Raiders pulled away at the end. Oh, that's exactly what it was, and like you said, until that fourth quarter, but it needs to be that way. When this team was constructed all offseason, it was going to be, this is going to be a top five offense. So why would you have a problem with that if it is just going to be a shootout and hopefully you get an interception, you get the closer, Deron right. Harmon, to get a pick six at the end of the game? That's icing on the cake. Yeah, but the way true. this team is constructed, the offense has to go out there and win games. No doubt. No doubt. So we'll talk to John McClain about the game with the Texans. Talk to him all things NFL as he's you know been covering the league for so long. We could talk anything NFL with him. We'll talk about the trade deadline coming up November 1st. Uh, if there's some other big names that could be on the move, of course, there's going to be a lot of rumors out there. Uh, Brandon Cooks, a wide receiver from Houston. Potentially a guy that could be on the move as well. The uh, Texans also claim T. Billy today. Uh, Tyron Johnson, 
Raider great? No, I, I, I kid. I kid. He was never a Raider great. But I know a lot of fans loved him some T-Billy. He's a guy that was on the active roster. Then he was released. Then he was put on the practice squad. Then he was released. Then he was put on the practice squad. And now the Texans have claimed him. And he's going to H-Town. He's going to be put on the active roster. So good for T-Billy. You know, I have no ill will towards him. Uh, I always thought that he had way more hype than, than what he was really worth. But that's fine. You know, I mean, whatever the case may be, I'm looking at that as, okay, do they have an injury at the wide receiver position or are they potentially about to move on from a guy like Brandon Cooks and trade him as they pretty much feel like this season is a done deal? Brandon Cooks hasn't made any fuss this season. I haven't seen like a big blow up on the sidelines or anything. But last season, 90 receptions. Mm -hmm. This season so far, I know it's only been six games, but 28. Right. Right. Just saying. No, you're you're right. So there's there's been I've heard conversation that they could be looking to move on from him uh, and trade him to a team that feels like they could use him and, and go on a playoff run. And so maybe that's something that they're thinking about doing. And maybe they saw T Billy in warmups and said, hey, that's the guy that, uh, you know, we want to bring to the roster and, and help out, you know, and, and that's fine. Again, I'm never mad at anyone's opportunity. He was going to be on the practice squad at best with the Raiders right now. Now he at least has to be on the active roster. So that's from his standpoint. I'm sure that's what he wants. Yeah, you want that opportunity to play. And mm-hmm. if he does go out there and light the world on fire, um, the, Ra- the Raiders aren't going to look back and say, dang, we really missed out on that one. No. It'll be a good for T-Billy. Exactly. And that's all you could really say about that. Coming up at 3.30, excited about this conversation, Jeff Perlman. We've had him on before. He's a really good author. He's written a lot of really good books. He wrote the latest book, The Last Folk Hero, The Life and Myth of Bo Jackson. So uh, I've always been intrigued by conversations around Bo. And of course, Raider Nation loves him some Bo Jackson. But for me... I've always been the guy who I loved him in the silver and black. I just love the athlete and the person that he was, right? I thought Bo Jackson was just a phenomenal athlete and basically could do anything he wanted to. He wanted to pick up a sport right now. He, you could introduce Bo Jackson to a sport that never has been heard of, and I'm sure he could find out how to play. There's certain guys that are just so blessed, right? They could just do anything naturally. That's how I always thought about Bo Jackson, that anything he really wanted to do, he could do naturally. It always looked like everything he did was effortless, and I know it wasn't because that would be silly, but it just seemed like it was. It came so easy to him. And there's just certain guys that everything just comes easy. It seems like that's what it, uh, it was with Bo Jackson, that everything was just so easy. And I'll actually say, if he never played football and only played baseball, I think, really focus in on it, probably could be a Hall of Famer. The, I mean, the dude was an outstanding baseball player. He just didn't focus in on it. I, mean, he, I don't think he really focused in on anything. Did they wave him already? Oh, no, Tyler Johnson. Oh. Oh, man. Oh, dog. I just saw this tweet from Field Yates saying the Texans have way wide receiver Tyler Johnson. I And we just talked about Tyron Johnson, T-Billy. I was like, damn, they waved him already? Now that's bad luck. <laughs> damn, I mean, you just got signed today. Like, you got cut. The, he did not. That's not. They waved, they, they waved wide receiver Tyler Johnson, but they have signed Tyron Johnson. So they need to start calling him. Make sure they call him T Billy because we're going to get those guys confused quick, fast, and in a hurry. So I was like, man, that's some terrible luck right there. You know, they talk about getting fired on your day off. That's like getting fired on the day you got hired. <laughs> you know what? Don't even worry about Shut it. Shut up. Has that happened? Oh, I thought I was about to say, I thought you were about to tell me a story when that happened. I was about to say, damn, dog, I've never even been in that situation. Hey, Q, welcome to the, fi- the family. Hey, Q, by the way, uh, can you turn in your key card? You're out. <laughs> Doc, I've only been here an hour. <laughs> yeah. Remember that Jamal Adams video? They must have cut me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Didn't work out so much after all. Hadn't even made it all the way to Houston yet. 
that would have been a cold game. But Jeff Perlman would join us at 3.30 to talk all things Bo Jackson, his book, The Last Folk Hero, The Life and Myth of Bo Jackson. 4 o'clock, our regular Tuesday guest, Lincoln Kennedy from the Raiders Radio Network, a guy that I talked to earlier today uh, while we were at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center doing the Raiders Roundtable podcast. He'll join us to talk about the victory on Sunday, what he saw from the team, what he saw from the offensive line, the running game, and even the defense. You know, the defense needs to step their game up. I'll be the first to tell you that the defense still needs to make a lot of strides. I mean, they they have moments where they play well, but they don't have enough consistent moments. So uh, that's something that we'll talk to uh, Lincoln Kennedy about coming up at 4 o'clock. Here's a little side note from Ian Rappaport. Chiefs defensive end Frank Clark has been suspended by the NFL for two games for violation of the NFL's personal conduct policy, stemming from him pleading no contest to a pair of misdemeanor charges from a June 2021 incident for a possession of a concealed firearm. So just a little side note right there on the on the Kansas City Chiefs defensive end, Frank Clark. He's suspended by the NFL for two games. Not sure if he's going to appeal that or what the case may be, but uh, just a little side note of what's going on around the league. And then fi- finally at 4.30 every single Tuesday, we have the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award winner, uh, Jeff Cahill from Basic High School. He'll join the show at 4.30. And actually, DeMond, this is the final Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award for the regular season. Can you believe the high school football regular season is almost done? I can't believe it. You say that, and I'm shocked. They're going into the playoffs right now. Like, they got a first-round bye after their victory they had over Clark last week. I mean, they're they're done deal, done data on the regular season. But then again, you look up at the NFL, week seven just f- finished up. So it actually makes sense. It's just flying by, which also means you're getting old. When, we, when time <laughs> flies by, that just means you're getting old. Shout out to all the old folks out there. Yeah, shout out to y'all, man. I, I wanna, yeah, like you always say, it's a blessing. I it be, is. I want to be old. <laughs> just want to take your time getting there. Yeah, I just can't wait to be angry about everything. I, oh, I'll be the best old person. I'm not angry about everything. No, no. I'm you, not angry about everything. I'm usually a pretty positive guy. Yeah, you are, but you, I feel like you were just born chipper. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Show him hungry. Hi, yeah, he does. Good day. <laughs> Mom. Can I have a bottle? Show him hungry. <laughs> Get it when you want to, though. Take your time. I'm you, good. Like I said, you, like, I feel like if we both stay on the path of radio real quick, take a sidebar, Yeah, I'm going to retire before you. Probably. Because you're just, I love it so much. <laughs> I do. It's a sickness, but I do. It's, 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 it's a good sickness to have, right? If you're going to have a sickness, let it be something that's, uh, that's pretty positive, and, and at, least, uh, at least I keep working, and the checks keep cashing, so I'm good. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to be at 60 years old. Yeah, I had a good run. Q80 years old, still kicking. That's what the wife keeps telling me, too. She's like, well, uh, are you preparing for your retirement? I was like, oh, when I retire, I'm gonna, you're going to be putting some dirt on me when I retire. I mean, when I literally retire is when I'm in a box. You know, I was like, in this job, you don't retire. They retire you, right? <laughs> I mean, seriously, in this business, you don't plan for retirement. When retirement comes, that means you got fired and somebody younger and cheaper has just replaced you. And believe me, I'm already as cheap as it gets. So <laughs> all they're looking for at this point is someone younger. <laughs> Maybe a little better looking. That's why I go get my hair cut every, every, every Saturday. Got to keep it real. Aaron Schatz, Football Outsider at 2.30, John McClain at 3, Jeff Perlman at 3.30, Lincoln Kennedy at 4, and Jeff Cahill from Basic High School will join us at 4.30. All the guests we have coming up on today's show, excited about it as always. Let's jump into the opening drive. 
the opening drive of unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. All right, so now we know that the Raiders picked up the victory over the Texans. We know up next they have the New Orleans Saints, followed by the Jaguars. Both games are going to stay away from Las Vegas. They're not going to return home. They're going to stay there. I think that that's smart, especially since the Jaguars are actually playing the Broncos in London this week. So the Jaguars have to go all the way to London. They're home away from home, play the Broncos, return back home. The Raiders are going to be sitting there waiting for them, right? They're already going to have their sea legs under them. They're going to be good while the Jaguars are trying to get acclimated, reacclimated to being back in the States. I think that that's an advantage, especially for the Raiders early in the game. I think there's a good chance that they can jump on the Jaguars early, but that's for another day. I want to talk about the chances. Now that you saw the way that the Raiders won the game against the Texans, are you feeling better now as they sit at two and four? Kind of know what this team is going to be. I mean, I think after week seven, I think it's pretty fair to say what this team could be, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are. I don't think we have any uh, any secrets that we're divulging here, right? I'm not going to tell you anything that you don't already know about this team after seven weeks. Do you feel like, do you feel better about this team's chances to go on a run, or do you still need to see more? And personally, I think everyone's going to say, nah, Q, I want to see some more, Right? Been down that road. Don't want to, you know, don't want to get too hyped over one win. Want to see a lot more. So if that is the case, which I believe will be the case, what would you like to see? What area would you like to see more from? That's the real caveat. Where would you like to see this team improve? For me personally, the run game is great. I think it opens up the the uh, the passing game, and I think the passing game is going to c- continue to develop. For me, it's on the defensive side of things. I know the secondary is beat up. I know Nate Hobbs is out. That's a big loss. In my opinion, it's a huge loss. So I think it starts up front. I need to see more from that defensive line, right? Started the show talking about Hankins being traded. Would like to see someone nasty up front, you know, from that D-tackle position, being able to get after the quarterback. I don't know if they have any plans of bringing anyone in. I'm not trying to speculate. I'm not trying to do any of that. But from the players that you, you see that they have on that D-line, I need to see some more. That's, for me, that's where they need to develop the most. If that defensive line could get a little bit nastier outside of Max Crosby, he's fine. Let Max do Max, right? He's fine. He's Max with a double X for a reason. He's fine. If the rest of the cats on the defensive line could give just a little bit more, if I could see Cleve Farrell get to the quarterback a little bit more, I don't care if he splits it with Chandler Jones all the time, right? If they split sacks every game, fine. Split them all the way the rest of the season. Just need to see a little bit more. Got to be able to know if Max is not having his best day that the Raiders' defensive line isn't in shambles. That's, that's where it's, it is for me. I, I like what they're doing offensively. I think with the recipe that they have, they can beat anyone on their on their schedule. I really do. I don't think there's anyone on the schedule they can't beat. But, man, they're not going to be able to outshoot everybody. At some point, they're going to have to make defensive stops and more than just in the end of the game. I saw someone talking about, oh, yeah, oh, they were consistently making plays throughout the course of the game defensively. No, they weren't. No, they didn't. On Sunday, they did not consistently make plays defensively. They struggled defensively for most of the game, and they made some timely stops at the end of the game, which were perfect, but you don't want to have to do that all the time. You want to be able to, you don't want to go into the fourth quarter against the Texans losing. They were. Oof. Right? I mean, when they were when they were losing in the fourth quarter, start the fourth quarter, I thought, man, it's going to be a rough one. It's going to be a rough one because this is not a team you're supposed to lose to. So as far as I'm concerned, it's the defensive line. I need to see a little bit more from them. Do I believe that this team could go on a run? Sure. You know, I actually have more confidence that the team could go on a run now than I did last year when they had to win four in a row, when I was very skeptical. Matter of fact, I didn't think it was going to happen. Be the first to admit that. I also be the first to admit that I was wrong. And, DeMond, you know, 
any player that was on that team and has been on the show, what did I say? Hey, I didn't think you guys were going to go on that run. I had no problem admitting that. That's cool. We could be wrong as long as we have no problem admitting it when we're wrong. It's fine. So for me, it's a defensive line. I need more from there. What, what do you see? It's got to be the secondary for me. I know that it's, hey, Nate Hobbs is out and these guys, they got to rally around and just try to replace him. But somebody's got to do it. Anthony Averett, to be honest, didn't look too hot. Trayvon no, Moore, um, Coach Patrick Graham was asked about him today in the press conference. He said, hey, he's young and that, like the best way to learn, the best way to fix mistakes is to learn from mistakes, is yeah. what Patrick Graham was saying. And that's all fine and dandy, but this, this six-game stretch here or five-game stretch now, it's got to be important for the Raiders secondary to fix those mistakes. Miscommunication mm-hmm. was the biggest thing from Sunday's, from Sunday's game against the Texans of what went wrong on the defense. Just mis- miscommunication. Right. Just people not saying, hey, I got him. Right. I, th- I, I know it's not basketball, but sometimes it just needs to be, now nah, I got him. No, yeah, you know, it's funny that you said that. My dad used to always tell me, sometimes it's got to be as simple as you just play that cat defense. And I was, and I had no idea because, you know, it's my dad saying it, so I'm thinking, what in the hell is he talking about? He's, you know, I thought he was going with something old. He's like, no, nah, it's real simple. You just play that cat defense. I was like, all right, well, what is that? I, I'll bite. What is that? He's like, I got that cat. You got that cat. Right? It's just that simple. <laughs> yeah. It's just that simple. Like, okay, that's my responsibility. That's your responsibility. That's his responsibility. Let's go make it happen. Because they did play more man against the Texans. Right. So if they're going to play more man going forward, if you're just, hey, man, who's got – Yeah. I got 35. Right. Right. Simple. Simple. No, I like it. I like it. Jason in uh, Maryland hit us up on the uh, text line at 69187, keyword R&R, talking about T-Billy signing with Houston. Houston signed T-Billy because Nico Collins hurt his, his groin during the game Sunday. That's right. I remember him getting injured, and I didn't know the extent of the injury. So uh, thank you for that. And then Big Dub Raider also said, yeah, Nico Collins got hurt Sunday, so the Texans need another wide receiver. Go Raiders. So I like that. Thank you, uh, Jason, and thank you, Big Dub Raider. We appreciate that. And that's how you chime in on the conversation, just like that, 69187, uh, keyword R&R. And, of course, the listener line is 7 9200 You could always hit us up when we don't have a guest on the line. Let's go ahead and get one quick phone call in. Who we got? Raider Rich? We got, we got Rich in Oakland. Rich in Oakland. Rich in Oakland. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, good afternoon, Q and Demond. Yes, sir. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it was it was a good win. I, li- I like that. We needed a win. You know, we're 2-1 in the last three games. I feel like, um, honestly, I feel, I feel optimistic about this team, but I'm not going to I'm not, you know, the, the the schedule going forward looks favorable, but it's like we don't know what what team is going to show up. So I'm not going to get too ahead of myself. But one thing for sure is I am very, very optimistic about McDaniel's and Ziegler and where we're headed as okay. a franchise. So we dug ourselves in a big hole this year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It is yeah. what it is. Unlucky start to the season, but who knows? If we win this week, we three and four, and we back in the wild card mix. So it's like, you know, they one thing for sure, the defense has to get a lot better. It feels like um, with, with our defensive coordinator, his blitzing, it seems like he's always, like he's blitzing at the worst moments. And when he does blitz, it's like everybody knows it's going to be a blitz. And when it happens, it's so slow. You know, we just got to hit him with the blitz, like right away, like try to disguise it, do something. You know, it's like a, at, towards the end of the game, it's bend, don't break, and the defense has had us in the games in the in the in the first few games. So I'm not going to hate on them too much, but I think that we have to do a lot, a lot better. We don't we're lacking so much talent back there. It's not even funny. So next year is when we're going to put that influx of talent on the defense. But for this year, for today, for right now, for this week, we have to go to New Orleans and we have to handle business. We're a better football team. Run the ball, Derek. I love love what you're doing. 
I love what you're doing, moving around the pocket, making it happen. You can tell the ball that he's throwing is crisp right now. He's getting comfortable. So I like that. Keep that up. And as long as the defense, you know, doesn't poop themselves out there, I think that it's a dub. But going forward, we have to take it one week at a time. But if we win this week, man, they better not sleep on the Raiders, man, because we're going to take over the AFC, at least the wild card. You know, the Chiefs, they run everything. They're the top dogs in the league. But the Raiders, bro, nobody want to see us. If we get some momentum going and we get some wins under us and get some confidence, bro, McDaniels, he's the truth. Ziegler, the front office, the truth. Derek, you know, hey, man, we're rocking with you, brother. Jacobs is the truth. And one, one more thing, Q, before I go, let me say this about Waller. Waller got paid, and he hasn't showed up at all. I know he's hurt, but we made our run last year without Waller. Let's remember that. He got paid. He's a 31-year-old injury-prone tight end. He has to show up for his team. You know, I know he's, he's hurt right now. I need to see him back, and I need, to, I need to see him stop letting his teammates down because we need him to make this run if we're going to make one. All right. Okay, thank you for the call. Appreciate you. And, I mean, you know, they're, I think they're going to let Waller come back. But as soon as he's healthy, I'm sure he'll be back out there. I have no doubt that he wants to be out there uh, as bad as his teammates want him out there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the run game, all that, the defense that you broke down, you, you gave us a lot there. So uh, can't really go back and break down everything that you said. But, uh, you know, all in all, I, I think that you're, you know, you're on to something as far as the defense and the running game. One quick text from Trey and KC at 69187, keyword R&R. Expecting more from this defense is, is like expecting rocks to turn into gold. It ain't going to happen. And the offense has to keep up the pressure. All right. Well, like I said, I asked, what do you want to see more from? I want to see more from the defense. So maybe I'm waiting for that rock to turn into gold, but uh, that's what I uh, choose to, to sign up for. So hopefully that, that uh, defense is able to come through. I think that they have some talented players. They just need to step up and, and play a lot better than they've played as of late. 229 is the time. We've got to take a break. Aaron Schatz, Football Outsiders, joins us next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Three games of at least 143 rushing yards. Looks like a dark horse offensive player of the year candidate. That's a pretty good point. He had three touchdowns all in the second half. The late hand up to Jacobs. Huge hole up the middle, 10. Cuts right side, 5. Touchdown, Jacobs! The hat trick in the end zone. His third rushing touchdown of the day. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Jason Horowitz on the call right there. You heard him giving a little bit of the highlights from Josh Jacobs and the performance he had on Sunday, putting in three touchdowns, has six touchdowns total on the season, and it looks like Josh Jacobs is, well, he's the he's the engine that makes the Raiders' offense go. It's 2.33 here on Unnecessary Roughness Radio Nation Radio 920. Join us now on the, fo- on the phone lines to talk about what helps Josh Jacobs go, which is that Raiders' offensive line is Aaron Schatz, uh, Football Outsiders. You can find him on Twitter at FO underscore A Schatz. And Aaron, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We appreciate you. I saw your tweet earlier today and it just got my attention. The offensive line nobody's talking about. Right now the Raiders lead the NFL with 5.70 adjusted line yards per carry. No other offense is above 5.1 plus the Raiders running back have only been stuffed for a loss or no gain 11% of the time second behind Green Bay. So I don't know the analytics stuff that well. I talk about it all the time on the show, but that obviously lets me know that the Raiders' offensive line is starting to come into form. What have you been seeing from them? How have they been continuing to grow? Yeah, adjusted line yards takes every run, and based on how many yards it is, it's sort of like 
gives some of the yards to the offensive line and some of the yards to the running back, right? Because, like, once you get past that first level of blocking, it's much more about the running back's speed and agility in the open space rather than the blocking. But, like, if you get caught behind the line of scrimmage, usually that's all on the offensive line, and there's not much the running back can do about it. So that's what we're measuring here. And, yeah, Vegas has been way ahead of the rest of the league in this stat and getting runners stuck at the line. And they're also a top 10 team at converting short yardage with runs. So they have been just like the results of the run blocking have been really good. And I think it's a surprise because, you know, you've got a rookie right guard, you've got a journeyman right tackle, and and I guess a journeyman left guard too. I mean, Alex Bars hasn't been on a lot of teams, but, you know, he's kind of just been around the league for a few years. But, you know, Colton Miller is still the the main guy on the offensive line, but they're, they're, you know, they're making holes for Jacobs and then Jacobs is getting the best he can get out of them. Yeah. And he's been doing really well the last three games, uh, over 140 plus yards each game. I mean, he's really made everything go for the Raiders and given them opportunities to win each and every game. How under the radar? Cause you mentioned in your tweet, nobody's talking about this Raiders offensive line like that. We've been talking about the O-line, but we had so many questions about the O-line going into the regular season. How under the radar are they flying? Yeah, and the pass blocking hasn't been spectacular, right? I mean, the pass blocking is like kind of meh, like average. So it's not that they're doing everything right. But, yeah, it's way under the line. I mean, listen, as an analytics guy, I'm very much into the idea that the running game is powered by the offensive line a lot more than people realize and the running back less than people think. Like, I don't want to take anything away from Josh Jacobs especially because he's doing the whole thing on his back. Remember in the preseason when we all we heard was that the Raiders were going to use a committee and fantasy, fantasy football players were going to be all confused because they were going to give the ball to Zamir White and they were going to give the ball to Bullivan. And yeah, like that has not happened. It's all been Jacob. But yeah, the offensive line has a lot to do with whether the running game works. And um, the Raiders are only 10th in open field yards, which are yards which come more than 10 yards past the line of scrimmage. But they're number one in what I call second-level yards, which is the yards that are 5 to 10 past the line of scrimmage. So Jacobs is getting these 5s and 6s and 7s over and over again, these games that put your passing game into really good second-and-short situations. Talking right now with Aaron Schatz, Football Outsiders here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man, DeMond's got one for you. When it comes to rush DVOA, where are the Raiders ranked? Number one, DVOA is our main stat at Football Outsiders, and the Raiders have the number one running game in the league by that stat, yes. All right, that's good to hear because when the Raiders, they're obviously the best team at running the ball. And I mentioned this earlier in the show about, hey, if you're just the guy at the bar and you want to use these stats, would this be compelled when people say, I don't want to follow the analytics? But if the Raiders are in a fourth and short, a fourth and one situation, should this be a team that, hey, should feel confidently about running the ball in those short yardage situations? Yeah, I mean, listen, us analytics people will talk about how the numbers work out in most fourth and ones that even if you're the worst offense in the league, you should be going for it. But the Raiders are not the worst offense in the league. Running game-wise, they're the best. Short yardage-wise, they're one of the best. So, yeah, the Raiders should be leaning towards going for it on fourth-and-one situations because they've got the running game to do it. 
Interesting. <laughs> it really is. I'm, I'm learning this thing. I, I really am, Aaron. I'm not an analytics guy, but uh, over the past few weeks, I've been trying to deep dive a little bit more, and, and you're helping educate us, so we definitely uh, appreciate you. You mentioned the pass blocking and how it's not all that, and it hasn't been all that. Obviously, there's a lot of weapons that the Raiders have. How have you seen that continue to grow, or have you seen it to grow, uh, continue to grow, or has it just been kind of even? I mean, it's it's been just kind of average, I think. Uh, I don't have, like, the ESPN pass block win rate in front of me, but in adjusted sack rate, they're kind of average. And Carr's always been the kind of guy who takes, like, an average amount of sacks. So, you know, some of that is Carr and some of that is the offensive line. I, and I'm not going to tell you that I've watched all the Raiders games. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched a lot of Raiders games other than ones that have been nationally televised because right. I've been – watching other games. That's what happens when you cover the whole league. Yeah. You don't get to watch every team every week. But, um, yeah, numbers-wise, the pass blocking is not as impressive as the run block. Do you think that that, though, has an opportunity to get better with the, with the continued use of Josh Jacobs running the ball? Then all of a sudden teams try to, at some point, you know, stop the run, and then the Raiders have a better opportunity to pass the ball, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Teams should start putting more guys in the box to try to stop Jacobs, and that'll open things up, absolutely, for the passing game. Uh, No question about it. It'll certainly help to get Waller back healthy. When it comes to running backs in the league, I know that the position is being devalued, but when it comes to the best backs in the league, with your metrics, I know it's it's hard to just say someone is the best, but purely rushing-wise, has Josh Jacobs been the best back in the league so far? Uh, We have Nick Chubb as a little bit better in value. And uh, Chubb always does really well in running yards over expectation, which is this fancy stat that the NFL has that, like, looks at the chips and the pads and where the players are on the field at the point of the handoff, what's the expected rushing total, and then how many yards do you actually get. And Chubb always does really well in that. So if you had to ask me who's the best running back in the league right now as a runner, my answer would probably be because Taylor has dropped off to the Colts, Nick Chubb. You know, Aaron, it's funny. We we had a whole conversation yesterday, uh, matter of fact, a whole show based off Josh Jacobs and him kind of flying under the radar where he doesn't really get talked about a whole lot. Even sometimes on our end, we don't talk about him uh, enough just because I don't know what the reason is. So I was asking the question yesterday from the analytics side of things, how much does Josh Jacobs, how much involved in the conversation is he again from the analytics side of things? Well, that's the thing is he's never had a year this good before. So he hasn't been involved in the conversation of the best running backs in the past. He's not a great pass catcher, right? He doesn't have great value as a receiver. As far as I know, he's not, you know, doesn't grade great as a blocker, although not, terrible either i've never really heard any you know real criticisms of him Mm -hmm. in that fashion but he's never really been on the radar of talking about the best running backs in the league and and analytics has definitely shown that running back as a position is devalued but there still are some backs that are better than others they're 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 not the same we say stuff like running backs don't matter but Mm -hmm. it's kind of a joke like there are some running backs that are better than other running backs, uh, but he's never been one of them until this year. So, you know, can this continue for the whole year? 
I don't know. I guess I'm a little skeptical because he hasn't done it in the past, but he's certainly been fantastic through you know six games of this season. You know, when you say that the running back position, it's it's been devalued. That's something we talk about on the show all the time. I hate it because I love the running back position, but uh, it's just, you know, teams kind of look at it and say, oh, you can get one in the fourth round. You can get one in the fifth round. You can get an undrafted free agent and you can, you know, you can coach them up and run them, whatever, and they can make it happen. I'm not really right. one that believes that, but I get it, right? I understand where they're coming from. Do you start to see, especially from the analytics side of things, are you starting to see the running back position be more valuable uh, to these different teams and really be a bigger part of the offense? as you did even a year or two ago? Not really, because, look, look, here's the thing about running backs. There's too many good ones. The problem isn't that running backs suck. The problem (laughs) is there's too many of them that are good, that are great athletes with great talents who work hard. And so, you you know, the, the supply is just higher than the demand for guys that are good running backs. So, um I think that with the rise of the two high safety defensive coverages, you have seen like rushing yards per carrier, like at their highest ever this year. Mm-hmm. You're seeing the running game be more important than it has been in the last few years. But that doesn't mean that the running backs are more important. Right. I got you. Right? It's yeah. The running game is more important. But like I said, I think a lot of analytics people would say that the running game depends more on the offensive lineman and the scheme than it necessarily does on the individual running back. A lot of people smarter than me rely on DVOA to give a good metric on how good a team is. So in your in you guys' system in DVOA, what is that average ranking for a team to be a playoff team in your metric? Well, I mean, you know, you always end up with some playoff teams that aren't in the top 14, right? The Raiders were not in the top 14 last year, and they were a playoff team. But in general, you know, if you want to be one of the last 14 teams, you want to be ranked in the top 14. So the Raiders aren't there yet. Right now they're 19th. They went from 24th to 19th this week. There you go. There you go. All right, no, because DVOA is cute. I know you're not an analytical guy. Oh, I'm learning. Guy, I'm learning. I, I, I try to pick up as much as I can, too. And DVOA, shout out to Football Outsiders, it's one of those stats that people say, hey, if you're, like, in the top five, that's a Super Bowl-quality team if you're in the top five yeah. in DVOA. Yeah, top five, is that's the top of the league. I mean, right now, Buffalo is the best team in the league by a lot. Like, despite all the parity this year, if you look at the actual play-by-play performance, like, Buffalo is a big chunk ahead of the rest of the league. Because they're so well-balanced. They were number one in both offense and defense, which is really rare until this week when Kansas City passed them on offense because Kansas City had that amazing game against San Francisco. And that's what I wanted to wrap up with, uh, Aaron. Where is Kansas City? Where is Denver? Where is the Chargers as far as the DVOA and the numbers there and and how high they rank? I know I even sounded weird saying it, but, but where do they rank right now? We have Kansas City Four. Okay. So I know we have Kansas City lower than other people. Usually people have Kansas City second or third. We have them fourth uh, behind Buffalo, Philadelphia, and surprisingly, Dallas. We okay. have the Chargers 13th, and we have Denver 22nd. Denver is so one-sided. Their defense is third, and their offense is 29th. Okay. Good, good, good we, deal. We, we do this simulation of uh, how often teams make the playoffs based on how often teams beat each other when they're a certain quality and what their schedule is for the rest of the season. And we play the season 50,000 times. So the bad news is we only have the Raiders making the playoffs 22% of the time. Mm. 
The good news is that went up from last week. There you go. It went up just a little bit. And I had I had one uh, one buddy text me real quick, and I know you touched on it already, but uh, he asked, can you ask if running yards are up this year due to more teams using the high the too high look? And I know you, you spoke on that. Is that is that uh, fair to say? Yeah. Well, I believe that rushing yards per carry are at their highest in NFL history this year. Wow. There it is. Done deal. <laughs> well, great, great information right there, Aaron. We definitely appreciate you. What you got coming out on Football Outsiders that we should be on the lookout for? Well, my new column today looks at the Chiefs moving up. It looks at the, the Giants as one of the worst 6-1 and one teams ever. Mm. It looks at the worst Brady and Rodgers years and if Brady and Rodgers ever gone through this again. Uh, we'll have our film room column in the morning. We'll okay. have uh, our college columns later this week. We have waiver wire advice because we always do fantasy advice. And if you're an FO Plus subscriber, that's our premium subscription, you get your stats a day early on Monday, you get picks against the spread, you get fantasy football projections, you get a bunch of stuff. So check out footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. I like it. I really do. And that uh, that six and one about the Giants and them being the worst six and one team. I'm so intrigued by that because, man, you got six wins. You got to feel good about yourself. But I get it. Uh, things happen, and and I can see how it could, they could be labeled the worst six and one team. So I'm definitely intrigued by that. Aaron, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Lots of great stuff. Like I said, I'm still learning all the analytics stuff, uh, but I'm intrigued by it. So uh, thanks for sharing some knowledge with us this afternoon. Happy to come on again and help walk you through it, man. Thank you. Hey, I'll be calling you. <laughs> I'll be calling you. Thanks so much, Aaron. There he goes. Aaron Schatz, Football Outsiders, on Twitter, at F-O underscore A-S-C-H-A-T-Z, Football Outsiders underscore A-Shots, basically. There you go. So, uh, there, man, uh, the worst the worst 6-1 and one team. I'm intrigued by that. I really am because there's so many questions behind the Giants. But, again, they're winning games. So. Again, the analytics backing up the eye test. Yeah, no, they are, right? And But it, it, you know why I'm really intrigued by that? Because last year the Raiders went to the playoffs with 10 wins, and everyone said, yeah, well, they didn't really deserve to be a, a, a playoff team. I'm assuming by their analytics, like he said, they weren't a playoff team based off the analytics that they had. So I'm assuming that that's kind of on the same lines. Like, they, yeah, they won games, but really, in their minds, they shouldn't have won games. So that's that's it's intriguing to me. I don't get all of it. Again, I like to just go with the eyeball test on a lot of it, but I understand where the numbers could back uh, could back it up right there. 248 is the time. When we come back, got a ton of text messages to get to. Uh, if you need to see something more from this team, uh, you could feel really good about this team going on a run, but if you still need to see more, where would you like to see the most development from the team? I said the defensive line. I know, DeMond, you want to see some more from the secondary. I think a lot of it from us comes from the defense. That's where we'd really like to see them step things up if they're going to try to go on a run these next few games where the schedule feels like it's a little bit more manageable for the Raiders. Let us know about it. 69187, of course, uh, keyword R&R and 702-365-9200. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Asking the question, if you feel better about this team's chances to go on a run or do you still need to see more? Most people, I believe, are going to say more. Maybe you don't, but I believe most people are going to say they need to see more. So if you do want to see more, where do you want to see the most development or the most improvement from? 702-365-9200. Text line 69187, keyword R&R. If you call in, please just make it quick as possible. We've got a lot of people we're trying to get to in a short amount of time. Let's go out to the phone lines, talk to our guy, Raider Fish in Berkeley. What's on your mind, my man? Oh, hello, hello. Hey, can you guys hear me okay? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, you know, I got a dumb phone. It's supposed to be smart, but uh, I really want to see us further embracing 
our team's identity. You know, I think right now our identity as a team on offense, we're going to embrace the shootout. And on defense, uh, we're what I call a, a timely defense, meaning uh, we know we're not going to stop you all the time. But, damn it, let's concentrate on stopping you at the uh, right time. Uh, now, real quick, Q, I just want to give a shout-out to you and the rest of the Raider radio uh, crew. Uh, I appreciate you engaging all the listeners, uh, you know, on the interwebs, here on the radio, because y'all are therapy, man. And I just want to say thank you, tip of my cap to you all, and go Raiders. Good, good call, my man. I appreciate you and uh, embrace the shootout and go ahead and uh, and go ahead and come up with some timely defensive plays. Now, of course, you'd like the defense to be really good all the time, but I do like the I do like coming up with some big plays. You know, if the Raiders defense can come up with some big plays like they did late in the fourth quarter on Sunday, they came up with some big plays. But man, oh man, you'd like them to be solid uh, more times than not. But uh, good stuff right there. We definitely appreciate you, and of course, we appreciate Raider Nation as well. Uh, one quick text from Mailman Raider: Hey Q, why not stay with the running game if it improves the, the the way we see J.J. Uh, shatter some records. I don't see many teams beating us when J.J.'s running for 150-plus and six yards of carry. I'll be okay with the D if it can be like 2016, just getting turnovers because the O will put up points. Uh, Mailman Raider right there on that text. Thanks for that text. And, yeah, I mean, the one thing is you can't count on Josh Jacobs to go for 150 every game, right? I mean, that's the one thing about it. And so the defense is going to have to have days where they're really good. And, look, they've had moments. That's the thing about it. So, you know, I know a lot of people are saying, hey, relax on the defense. It's going to be okay. They've had times where their whole the whole first half of the Cardinals game, they pitched a shutout. So you know that they could play solid defense. They just got to do it consistently. That's, that's all I'm saying. I'm not trying to stress the defense too much. Just play consistent ball so you know what they're going to give you consistently game in and game out. Uh, one more quick text, and then we'll take a break. Joseph in Denver said, definitely the secondary is what needs improvement to make a run. There were several times Sunday where the blitz got home, but guys were wide open and it led to big plays. That's Joseph in Denver, and yeah, I can't say I disagree, right? I know Anthony Averett came back. That was his first game. Did not have a great one. Trayvon Merrick, who uh, I've been supporting since the Raiders drafted him, he didn't have not a, a great game. I know Patrick Graham talked about him today that, hey, he's going to learn by, by fire, trial by fire. That's how it goes. Sometimes it's just going to be that way. So I think everyone, including Trayvon Merrick, would say, hey, I didn't have a good game on Sunday. And Anthony Averett, he didn't have a good game for his first game back either. But, you know, all you can hope for is that they go out there and they continue to work, continue to practice, continue to grind, and continue to get better. Coming up next, John McClain, GalleriesSports.com, Sports Radio 610. He'll join the show to kick off hour number two. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.